bet the game. Sounds crazy, Frank. <laughs> Maybe just crazy enough to work. Sports betting within Oregon Lee. Powered by Sports Radio 750, The Game, Portland's most listened to sports station. You probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris. Now, here are your hosts, Judah Newby and Zach Schlegel. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bet the Game, episode one, a new sports podcast powered by 750 The Game, talking all things sports betting with an Oregon lean, of course, as we come to you from downtown Portland, Oregon, and the 750 The Game studios. I'm Judah Newby, and he is Zach Schlegel. Zach, what's up? Bet the Game is finally here. Bet the Game is finally here, Judah. I'm real excited. We are live right now from the Pac West Center in downtown Portland. Technically, we're not live, but... You know, our show is about to be live. We are, yeah, we're absolutely. If you're if you're listening to this on podcast, you're already late because all the, <laughs> all these lines have moved. We've already given you all the plays. Uh, we speak in jest, of course, but uh, we're excited to do this. You know, both of us share a mutual interest in sports betting, and uh, even though you know, look, bankrolls be what they be, it is radio after all. We're primarily radio workers, but. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, we've both been doing this for a little bit. Uh, You more so than me, Zach. Explain for our listening audience what your background with uh, sports betting is and how you've gone about kind of covering, you know, that uh, that angle of being a sports fan. Yeah, so I've been I've been covering the industry for about three or four years now, ongoing. Ever since I graduated from college, University of Oregon, so I am a duck. A buddy of mine that I grew up with, he lives down in Los Angeles. He and I have been doing a sports betting podcast now for about four years, Um, just kind of looking into the lines, the industry, learning a little bit more about kind of how to go about studying these lines and knowing what to look for on a weekly basis. And we'll get into a little bit of that, a little strategy with you guys here in a second. Um, But yeah, I've been doing it for four years. I love the industry. I love looking at sports from a betting perspective. It's very interesting. It brings a whole new element to the game that most people don't really pay attention to or may not have even known existed. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, we're, of course, from the Portland market, so a lot of our perspective is going to be around Oregon Duck football, Oregon Mm -hmm. State football, Pac-12 football, and the top 25. You know, all of college football is on the table here as well as the NFL. So, you know, especially during football season, those will be our two primary topics of interest. But who knows? Even when football is wrapped up, you know, you got March Madness, you got all the college basketball stuff to to do and uh, to get to. And there's always something... That, that can make sports interesting when you when you approach it from a betting standpoint. Oh, I absolutely. Think. Even if you're betting tennis, overnight tennis, international tennis. I know tennis. you got a buddy that likes to do that, <laughs> man. I think that's next level. Yeah, it is. Coming up, the 2020 U.S. Open handicap odds right here <laughs> from Flushing Meadows. Um, yeah, that mean, you know, you never know. If you yeah. can find value on something like that, awesome. Um, also, yeah, so we'll be talking a lot of uh, college football. But the Oregon Ducks and Oregon State Beavers as well. If you follow us at all so far, we've been doing some videos previewing uh, Oregon State games, Oregon Duck games. You mentioned the Ducks on by this week, but you can keep finding those as well on our YouTube channel by subscribing there at 750 The Game. We'll get to a bunch of college football lines here momentarily and our three NFL best bets. And uh, we'll also come together on a little crossover action pick. Oh, one yeah. of our favorite games in college, favorite games in the NFL. And try to turn that into a crossover parlay 
That'll be coming up at the end of the pod as well. Uh, Zach, though, when we back away from it, we talk about your overall philosophy, how you approach uh, betting. Are there differences and similarities between how you go about trying to find you know, value in a college game or value in an NFL game? Are there certain statistics or team stats or situations that you are looking for when you're viewing a game or a matchup from a betting lens that you might not ordinarily be looking at just from a face of Team X against Team Y? Yeah, so the NFL and college football, two different beasts in terms of trying to handicap these games. The NFL lines are very, very sharp, and most NFL games really come down to one possession. So really, anytime you're getting a team over a touchdown, I always look at that and think, okay, there's probably some good value here on the dog because most NFL games come down to, you know, the last possession of the game, fourth quarter, final drive, Aaron Rodgers driving down the field, last two minutes, that type of thing, last second field goal. Uh, totals in the NFL are also usually a little bit lower than college football. There's more variance in college football. There's 130 teams, a lot more to pay attention to, especially year after year. Um, college kids graduating moving on to the NFL, new coaches moving around. The NFL usually kind of keeps its same roster, its same core guys. Um, So there's a big difference between NFL and college football. I won't dive too deep into that. But a few things that I look for on a weekly basis to kind of keep my head in the game um, and understand, you know, what's coming up for the weekend, whether it be college football or NFL. Uh, I'll start by looking at this. uh, Teams coming off of a bye That's always a big thing for me right there. More time to prepare, more rest is always a good thing. So, you know, when you're looking at a team that's coming off of a bye, going up against a team that, you know, let's say has back-to-back road games, obviously there's an advantage there for the team with more rest and more time to prepare. Uh, Another thing I look into here, letdown spots. Teams in college football um, or NFL, but I'd say more primarily in college football because with teenagers, it's very emotional, right? It's yeah. very back and forth. Um, these college kids, they still got to go and, you know, go to their classes. They got still got to get good grades. They still got to potentially graduate. Um So teams coming off of a big win or teams coming off of a very highly competitive or an emotional emotional game uh, where they come up just short, obviously that next game, um, that's a spot where they could be in a letdown position. So I like to look for those positions as well. And then look ahead spots. So, you know, teams going up against lesser competition with a big game on the horizon the next week. I look for those spots as well because those teams usually, uh, you know, could be asleep at the wheel going up against teams of lesser competition. Uh, We see that all the time in college football because these college kids take these, you know, FCS schools or these teams that are, you know, bottom of the pack uh, in college football a little too lightly. And then uh, and then they go up against a team the next week where it's actually a competition where, you know, it's more meaningful to right, them. Right, right, yeah. You, Those are a few. You'll definitely get the emotional edge mm-hmm. in, the, in the college game, to your point. Right. Uh, what does a typical betting weekend then look like for you? I mean, for, for, for me personally, I'm a lot on Bovada. Right. It's, uh, it's the most accessible, and but I know a lot of people like to play my bookie and, you know, your offshore uh, account of choice. 
Uh, you're a little bit more wide ranging and you're mm-hmm. following a little bit more than I am. Uh, do you have a like certain number that you like to play on college compared to the NFL? Is it a 50-50 split or, or are there different types of bets that you're always looking at? Yeah, I'm primarily focused on college football for the most part. That's where I do most of my research during the off season. Um, and I take pride in that because, you know, like I was mentioning, there's 130 teams in college football. So there's so much to look into. But I also look at it as there's a unique Uh, advantage to that if you are willing to do your homework, right? You can find an edge because with 130 teams, there's so many options out there. And if you can, you know, find a game that most people are overlooking, uh, that that's that's a game where you might be able to find an edge maybe in the first half. Maybe there's an injury people didn't know about, especially these games where it's not the marquee matchups, right? Not the prime time five o'clock or four o'clock games in the afternoon in college football. Maybe you look at those games where, you know, it's the early matchups. It's teams that no one's really paying attention to. It's not a top 25 matchup. Those are the games where I tend to find uh, the biggest edge in because a lot of people are overlooking those games and just trying to focus on the big marquee matchups, the Ohio State and Nebraska, like this weekend coming up. Um, or what was it? We have Virginia and Notre Dame, right? So obviously most people in the public are going to look at those marquee matchups and just try to force a play. You know, and and that's what the public does. The public Joes will go ahead and look at a marquee matchup. They'll try to force a play because, oh, that's the primetime game that's on TV. But it's okay, folks. It's okay to bet a game that might not be on national television because guess what? There is probably a better edge there to find. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned 130 teams. That Mm -hmm. means that's opportunity. Yeah, opportunity. Opportunity and value is there Mm -hmm. if you're willing to work and research Mm -hmm. for it. And that's part of why we're doing this is to help the people, you know, we'll do the work and the research for you. Mm -hmm. We'll bring a couple of games that might not be in the spotlight into your spotlight because you might have a chance to make a few bucks on that. You know, some people might say, hey, sports betting is not legal yet in a bunch of states. We know that. Mm -hmm. We know that. And speaking from an Oregon perspective, we're not, you know— you know, we got our offshore action, sure, you know, and we're going to be, we're going to have self-disclosure there. Mm-hmm. But you're already looking, Zach, we're in, we're in a time and a place where sports betting from a legalization standpoint and just really from a social acceptance standpoint is only snowballing. Mm-hmm. It's only getting bigger. It's only carrying more momentum. It's practically legal in Chinook wins, right? right. They've got their first sports book. It's getting there with the Oregon lottery, right? They're, they're working through the... You know, the the bugs with their app, and what did you say? It sounds like October 7th. October 7th, my mom's birthday. Oh, your mom's birthday, <laughs> you know? But it is geofenced. She's not in Oregon, is she? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it is it is geofenced, but maybe for your mom's birthday, you can download the app for her. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Have her come up here and place a bet for place her. Place a bet, yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> visit me, Mom. Um, you know, Spirit Mountain might follow Chinook Wins, mm-hmm. you know, lineup and, and go after it. We don't know about the state of Washington, but right now, Oregon has got a lot more momentum there. So we think it's only a matter of time. We're trying to get in on the front foot as much as we can. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very exciting time for the sports betting industry. And four years ago when I started my podcast, I will say I saw this coming. I knew that it would eventually get to a point where we'd be seeing on mainstream television, on ESPN, them having these live betting shows on TV. And nowadays you turn on the TV and they literally have betting shows going on all day. Fantasy football shows. Um, You have Lock It In on FS1, one of my favorites. But it's something that is becoming much more accepted, like you said. 
uh, around the country and you know around the world. Obviously, people have mostly been using offshore books up until now, and now we're finally getting the opportunity, state by state, to walk into a sports book and place a bet in person. We'll continue to have that kind of macro discussion mm-hmm. as our episodes unfold, but let's get after it. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. let's talk some college games. Let's talk some NFL. Every week we'll talk about the Oregon Ducks game, the Oregon State Beavers game. We'll talk about every Pac-12 game, and we might not have a play for everyone, but at least a lean and set set up everyone. So that's kind of how it's regionally focused, this uh, Bet the Game podcast on 750 The Game. We'll also talk about a couple of top 25 matchups that we might like and a couple of other maybe off the board, you know, games that we might like. And in the NFL every week, we'll also offer our three best bets. This is something that we already do on YouTube every week. That's getting some traction. People are liking. We've got a good record combined between us. We're both 12 and six combined in our NFL best bets through three weeks. So we'll just bring that to the podcast as well. So NFL coming up at the back end. Let's start, though, with college football coming up with the Friday games tonight. And we got to start with one. It's not in the Pac-12, but it's the first one off the board. 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1 out in College Park. The uh, fighting Scott Van Pelts, the Maryland Terrapins, at home against Penn State. This line opened Penn State minus 8 with a total of 58.5. It's since gone down. Penn State still a favorite, but only 6.5 on the road at Maryland and the total up to 61, Zach. Yeah, so professional money moving that line from 8 to 6.5, like you mentioned right there. Uh, Maryland is going to be hyped tonight. Friday night. It's going to be a blackout game. I'm hearing that they canceled all of their afternoon classes, so the student body is going to be ready. Wow! They're going to be uh, they're going to be hydrated, if I may. And uh, <laughs> and, and Maryland's going to be coming I to play you. tonight. Uh, both teams coming off of a bye, and I, I think one of the biggest factors here is freshman quarterback Sean Clifford making his first real road start. I mean, it's his first real road test, I should say. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see if Penn State, how they handle that atmosphere at Maryland. Uh, Maryland, we know early in the season, has been putting up a lot of points in their first two games, right? They put up, what, like 70-plus points yeah. per game? Unbelievable. And Penn State's defense really hasn't lived up to what we we're expecting this year so far. So your your lean would be, uh, excuse me, Maryland covering the 6.5. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Maryland in this game covering the 6.5. Um, I, I think this atmosphere is going to be rocking. I think Maryland keeps this game close. I also think that they're a live dog tonight and could win this game outright. In Berkeley, this is former stomping grounds for you. You're from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And we got Cal, 15th in the AP poll. They're off to a 4-0 start. That includes road wins at Washington and at Ole Miss last week, 28-20. And was really a fun game. Cal hosting Arizona State tonight, 7.30 ESPN. The line opened Golden Bears minus 3.5. It's since gone up to Cal minus 4. Uh, 42.5 is the total. That is a low total, but we know the limitations offensively that both Cal and Arizona State both have. You know, this is a fascinating one because you look at Cal and you think they're limited in the passing game, but, Zach, I was thinking about playing Ole Miss minus 3 last week against Cal, and here comes Chase Garbers who doesn't have exactly a talented passing, you know, skill set. And he comes out throwing all over the place, two touchdowns in the first half. They really open up the offense, kind of springing that on the run and Rebels. It works out for him. 28-20 win on the road. 
Uh, but Herm Edwards, he gets his teams up for big games, especially big yeah. road games. We saw that with the upset at Michigan State yep. two weeks ago, even though they come back and you know they lose at home to Colorado the week after that. Yeah, Garbers is not golf. And back no. in the back in the Jared Goff era, this total would be a lot higher, and I'm talking like a couple touchdowns higher normally. So to see 42 and a half on the board there at the, with the total, that's looking more or less like an NFL game. Right. Um, Cal, this is amazing for Cal football. Amazing for Berkeley. I really hope that Cal fans and their student body are going to show out for this game. Uh, when I was growing up, I was a big Cal fan. You know, I was back in the Marshawn Lynch, Deshaun Jackson, Aaron Rodgers days, and it was rock and it was berserkly. And lately, Cal just hasn't had that home field advantage. I think that comes out tonight. I think Cal is up for this game. I know Arizona State went on the road and uh, and beat Michigan State, but you know that's just Michigan State, and that's just what they're going to do whenever I bet on Michigan State. <laughs> so if I ever do, I'll tell you guys, and you can just go ahead and fade me. But tonight, I do like Cal to go ahead and win this game. I'm going to lean on them to cover this spread as well. Their defense has been great so far. Both teams top 30 in points allowed per game. Uh, talking about their defenses. Um, I know Cal is in a possible look-ahead spot uh, going up against Oregon the following weekend, but I think they're focused on the moment tonight. I like what they're doing, and I'm going to lean Cal here, minus four. Well, if you're an Oregon fan as well, you're hoping Cal takes care of business. Really hoping, yeah. Because then, you know, they'll probably be, you know, 13 or 14. Oregon might be 12 or 13, and that's a, you know, big-time showdown in Austin next week. Absolutely. Very exciting. All right, Saturday, let's go to the Oregon State game. They're taking on Stanford, 4 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. This line opened, Stanford minus 5.5. It's since been bet down a point to Stanford, laying 4.5 in Corvallis, the total at about 57.5. You might get a 58 number as well, depending on where you look. Uh, Look, man, if you're wanting to back Oregon State, you want them to win this game. This seems to be a vulnerable spot for Stanford just about like every game, but they've already lost three in a row, right? Mm -hmm. They lost at USC with that huge, you know, second half surge by Keaton Slovis and company. They lost at UCF in what was a terrible spot for Stanford, and they lose at home to Oregon, scoring just six points along the way, and Oregon covering the 11 down on the farm last week. Now here comes Stanford. You know, my thing is, Zach, like, I want to believe in these Beavers. I want to. I really do. But at this point for me, they have to prove it to me before I will get ahead of the curve and play them. Now, I I played them plus seven at Hawaii, and that worked out a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. But here, I don't know. There there seems to be a narrative of Oregon State has a chance to get the upset over Stanford. And I know Stanford's down, but I'm just not willing to go there yet. But where do you sit? Yeah, Stanford hasn't looked like the typical Stanford we know of. This might be the worst Stanford that Stanford team that we've seen in the last decade. Um, so they're definitely down. They've had one of the most difficult schedules in all of college football this year. Uh, you mentioned their game so far, uh, losing the last three in a row. Oregon State here. They're just looking for their first Pac-12 win, and if they can get one or two Pac-12 wins this year, it's going to be a major success for that program. And I think they smell blood in this position. A couple of things I really like uh, with this Oregon State-Stanford matchup, Stanford's still battling a lot of injuries right now. K.J. Costello is questionable with a hand injury, so not totally sure what his status will be for the game. Two of their offensive linemen are also banged up, Foster Sorrell and Devery Hamilton. 
Um, so those are two starting offensive linemen plus their quarterback that's banged up here. So with that said, I like Oregon State, kind of like Cal, to come with a ruckus atmosphere and really be focused on the moment in that game. So I'm going to lean Oregon State here plus the points. Yeah, their defense isn't that impressive, but Stanford's offense hasn't been impressive either. And Oregon State's offense can definitely put up some points. So I'm going to rely on Oregon State's offense to continue to do what they do, put up points, and do just enough to stop Stanford's attack and cover this game. Big game in Seattle, Saturday afternoon, 1230 Fox, 17th ranked Washington, hosting number 21 USC. This line opened Washington minus eight, and it immediately got up there. People started coming in on the Huskies. Now it's Washington minus 10 and a half against the fight on Clay Helton mm-hmm. Trojans with a total right around 61. Washington, big statement win in Provo last week over BYU, a game that wasn't close. Jacob Beeson's first true road start in he passed with flying colors, and now you got USC that just had the high emotional win at home against Utah, upsetting, and, you know, they were a four-point home dog in that game. I may or may not have had a Utah ticket. <laughs> you may or may not have had a UC, USC yep. money line. Uh, you won that one for sure. But now here they go. USC's got some quarterback questions. Is it going to be the backup Slovis? Is it going to be the third stringer Fink who played so well against Utah? Uh, I think UW's defense is starting to come into their own as well. I kind of have a lean here, but I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, so USC, you mentioned coming off a highly emotional win at home against number 10 Utah. That was a huge win for them. I think USC is extremely... Um, confident right now in what they're doing, especially seeing that they can do what they're doing with a third-string quarterback. Slovis hasn't cleared concussion protocol just yet, so we're looking at it could be Matt Fink once again to start, and this would be his first road game if he is starting. Um, So that's interesting to me. Washington also, you mentioned their defense. They're really coming alive right now. They play a similar defense to BYU. Very good at disguising coverages. They're going to make things difficult for whoever it is at uh, at quarterback for USC. Um, So I'm definitely going to be looking at Washington here. It's a big number. It's moved past the key number of 10. And so, you know, ultimately, I like to get that number under 10 uh, if I had an opportunity to. So I might buy that down to nine and a half if I can. But Washington, I just think they're going to be too much uh, for USC in terms of their defense shutting down USC's offense in this road test. Uh, On the offensive side of the ball for Washington, you mentioned Jacob Eason. Great, great game on the road at BYU. Um, He's only been pressured on 21 dropbacks this season, so their offensive line has been doing their part. Um, And USC may be without their best defender, uh, their safety. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Hufanga. Hufanga. He's he's actually from Oregon. He's from um, down there in uh, Independence. Gotcha. He was a big state of Oregon recruit that USC ended Mm -hmm. up getting. But, yeah, he had a big game. He's a great player for them. But, yeah, he's not sure if he can go. Right, right. So, yeah, Washington minus 10, minus 10 and a half. That'd be the lean for me. All right, Washington State at Utah. Wow, Utah ranked 19th now, 7 o'clock, Fox Sports 1. Uh, this line opened at Utah laying eight. It's uh, some Coug money is coming. Made that Utah minus six with a total at 57 and a half. Boy, desperation game kind of for both teams here. Given the expectations around Wazoo, uh, losing Minshew, bringing in, you know, both Gubrud and Gordon, ultimately going with Gordon. He's lighting it up. And then they go out and lay a defensive egg for the ages, man. I mean, 67-63 to UCLA. I know there was some special teams scoring there. 
for the Bruins, but that's just a bad, bad you know, loss for Washington State. Now they have to go on the road in one of the toughest places to play in the country, let alone mm-hmm. the Pac-12, against the Utah team. That's also pissed off because they blew an opportunity on the road at USC last week, and right. now this number sits Utah minus six. Yeah, it's like who's more pissed off in this game, right? Yeah. But for Gordon to throw nine touchdown passes Crazy. in a losing effort, I- I've never seen anything like it. That That's just unbelievable. That game was looking like the Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Rams last year. Yeah. Uh, just points galore, and that comeback was just amazing. Um, in this game, I, the way I look at it is Utah, for the most part, struggles against air raid offenses. Uh, they couldn't stop USC's third stringer. Uh, you know Washington State? Obviously, an air raid offense. They don't run the ball too much. In fact, in the last two matchups between these teams, Washington State's thrown for 756 yards, and they've only rushed for 27, yet Washington State has won both of those last two matchups. So Washington State doesn't need to run the ball too much in order to win. They're going to do their thing regardless. I really like the over in this game, but at the same time, you would look at Utah, quarterback Tyler Huntley and running back Zach Moss again kind of banged up, battling some injuries. We saw them last season. Both of them went out. They were able to recover from that, make it all the way to the Pac-12 title game without their starting quarterback and running back. We could be looking at a situation this weekend where one of the two is not playing, possibly both. So that's something we need to look into. Um, and, And overall, I do like Washington State getting the points. I know how tough it is to play at Utah, but I, I just think Utah usually struggling against air raid offenses. Gordon's going to do his thing. They're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to be, be able to keep up in this game. And I think my favorite play, though, is over 57. UCLA at Arizona, late night, back 12, 730 on ESPN. A line opened at Arizona minus nine since uh, with the UCLA money. You know, everybody waking up Sunday being like, oh, crap, UCLA mm-hmm. won that game. Mm-hmm. UCLA mm-hmm. put up 67. Mm-hmm. Chip is back. She's back. She's back. <laughs> and so now that line is Arizona minus six and a half. So money on UCLA moving that number two and a half points all the way through seven to six and a half. And the total has gone up to 71 in a half in this game. Arizona coming off a bye week, uh, you know, but they're two weeks removed from allowing just 14 points yeah. to Texas Tech. Right. Very surprising defensive effort. I wasn't sure whether to be more impressed by Marcel Yates and the Arizona defense or more disinterested in Texas Tech's yeah. offense and I know that they've got David Yost there now mm-hmm. and uh and that Utah State uh uh former coaches over there now right at uh Texas Tech so you know that was disappointing to see from them here we go U- UCLA a chance can they win two straight games on the road in the Pac-12 are they ready to break through <laughs> I've already been burned by the Bruins twice this year mm-hmm. in back-to-back weeks so I'm still not gonna be able to play them for a while yep. but on the road here they're catching six and a half yeah, can UCLA win back-to-back games, road games in the Pac-12? The answer is no, in my mind, Judah. Um, great performance, great comeback victory. I'm happy for Chip. I'm happy for the program to see that. It was just absolutely amazing. I may have thrown a little bit live on that UCLA money line and was really happy that evening. Um, but that's neither here nor there. You, you mentioned Arizona coming off the bye week. This is huge for me because we're looking at a team coming off of a bye against a team going back-to-back road games. And I know the movement is opposite of what I'm saying. It opened up Arizona favored nine. Now they're only favored by six and a half. 
I'm going to go ahead and lay that six and a half with Arizona. If you're going to get me under the key number of seven, absolutely, I'm going to lay that. I just don't trust UCLA to put to put together back-to-back performances um, on the road. And Arizona really impressed me against Texas Tech. But again, we don't know how how good is Texas Tech, you know. Um, but I think I think Arizona covers this one. It's tough for any team to go back-to-back road games. Um, I'm going to go with Arizona here laying the points. Uh, that's a strong play. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to a couple of key top 25 games. How about South Bend? You got Notre Dame hosting Virginia, 1230 on NBC. Had to be impressed with Notre Dame covering. I know it was a big number, but they covered the two touchdowns in Sanford Stadium last week and did a pretty decent job against the run. That was the big thing people were picking against Notre Dame. Couldn't stop the run. How are they going to stop Georgia's run game and mm-hmm. Swift and all that? Georgia came out a little conservatively offensively, yep. kind of allowed Notre Dame to dig in their heels a little bit, yep. get comfortable in that game. I don't know. I didn't love that offensive philosophy from uh, from the Bulldogs. But now you got a Virginia team that's always tough as nails, you know, and they got Bronco Mendenhall coming into South Bend and Notre Dame. Line opened, Fighting Irish minus 11. But, Zach, you were noticing there was a lot of line movement on this game Thursday, and now it was getting a lot of Notre Dame money early, and now there's Virginia money that's coming back in, and ultimately I think this number still is sitting at 11 with a total of 48.5. Yeah, that was surprising to see. Actually, it's not surprising. I figured that money would come in on Virginia. I just didn't think it would be that drastic overnight um, because, like you mentioned, opened 11, went to 12.5. Now it's back down to 11. So I think people are thinking uh, on this on a similar wavelength as I am for this game. Notre Dame coming off a highly emotional primetime game at Georgia. I imagine they're probably a little bit beat up as most teams would be going against a high caliber SEC school. Anytime you're going up against Bama, uh, Georgia, uh, Clemson, you know, the cream of the crop in college football, you're probably going to be a little bruised up uh, that next week and it might take a little bit longer to recover from that one. I like Virginia in this spot. I really do. I like Bryce Perkins. I I think he's I think he's a great football player, at least a great college football player, and I think that Virginia offense is going to do enough to keep them in this game. And I think their defense is also what's going to be a huge factor in this one. Uh, Virginia's defense is 14th in yards allowed per game, 11th in the nation in yards per play. Um, So that's huge. They're 18th in defensive efficiency, and they lead the nation in sacks with 20. That's tied with Ohio State third in tackles for loss, and they cause a lot of havoc. So I think they're going to be able to keep Notre Dame's offense off the field. Um, But on the other side, Brian Kelly did say this week that Virginia has the team's attention and that this game, quote, will define who Notre Dame is this season. So those are very, very strong words. So I'm not going to question Notre Dame's, um, you know, how, how awake they are for this game. But I do think that Virginia is going to be able to keep this game close, and I like catching the 11. You also got Saturday night football in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an atmosphere this is going to be. 430 ABC, Ohio State, fifth in the country at Nebraska. This line opened Buckeyes laying 15. It's since been bet up to Buckeyes laying 17 and a half on Bavada and a total of 67. Ooh. 17 and a half, man. I mean... That's a lot of points. It I know is. Ohio State's been a covering machine so far this year. Uh, they covered with ease against a team like Cincinnati. They shut them out, you know, but th- they haven't really been tested all that much. Is Nebraska the test that Ohio State has yet to see that yeah. could make you think about that 17.5 number? Well, this is uh, college game day is in town. Scott Frost, 
our boy from I, Oregon. I love him. Love I, Scott I'm here Frost. for Scotty. Here for Scotty. I love him. Uh, I think Nebraska is going to be up for this game. You mentioned Ohio State hasn't really been tested yet. Uh, the best uh, the best offense they've faced this year was Indiana, and that was without Indiana's starting quarterback. Uh, their average the average rank of offenses they've faced is ninety second. So this is going to be the best offense that Ohio State has faced. It's going to be on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. I'm I'm mad though, Judah, that Nebraska isn't going to be wearing those alternate uniforms because I saw the blacks. Yeah, they should be. I was hoping they were, but I looked into it and they're just going to wear normal home uniforms. Boring, but it's okay. Um, I still like their chances. Adrian Martinez. Uh, this is a guy who's a dark horse Heisman candidate to start the year. I think this is his opportunity right now to showcase his talent on national television against a big, big time opponent. And on the flip side, we have Justin Fields, who has performed great this season, but this is his first big road start. Um, so we'll see how how he does there. A couple things I heard this week, Judah, is that Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Chenander, who also was a part of the Oregon uh, coaching staff while I was there, uh, they were accusing him of being a little bit too aggressive. But the thing is, they're going to need to be aggressive against Ohio State because I mean, if you're going to give up points to Ohio State, you might as well do it fast, do it quick, because you don't want your defense to be out there on the field taking punishment on these long 10, 11, 12 play drives while your offense is sitting on the sidelines getting cold and out of rhythm. So I think they need to be aggressive. I think they need to take some chances in this one. You're a 17 and a half point dog. Go for it. Absolutely go for it. Bring it. Bring your best game. Bring the plays that you know you have dialed up there in the back of the playbook for these type of situations. Um, and I like Nebraska plus the points in this game. I'm not going to call an outright victory. But if it happened, let's just say I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, but I, I think I think the play is Nebraska in this game. And I think even the bigger play here, Judah, is going to be the over. Uh, because nine of the last 11 games on the road for Ohio State have gone over. 12 of the last 14 for Nebraska as an underdog have gone over. And 14 of the last 19 Big Ten games for Nebraska have gone over. Goodness so knows. The trends, the trends speak for itself. How the hell do you get those stats? I don't know, man. I dig. I dig. So He's a digger. I'm a digger. What else are you looking at? I know Wisconsin's got Northwestern, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, that number eight Wisconsin at home to uh, the Wildcats, Northwestern just doesn't have an offense. Oh, man, no. It's tough to watch. That's an early morning game on Camp Randall. Oh. Uh, ABC, you know, Wisconsin coming off that dominant, dominant beatdown of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are laying 25 at home in this game. Oh, man, it's up to 25 now. I think this opened up at 21. Uh, you know, it was, it was a 24 and a half, might be 25 now. That doesn't surprise me because the thing is, like you mentioned, Northwestern, they just can't do anything on offense. They're 128th out of 130 teams in points per game. The only teams worse than them, Akron and Rice. Uh, they're averaging 15.7 points a game. They only have one passing touchdown, six picks, and only five touchdowns scored the entire season. We've seen what what Wisconsin has been able to do so far this season. They've been just blowing the doors off of teams. They shut out their first two opponents. And they really should have shut out Michigan. They shut them out in the first half. So uh, really for two and a half games, they didn't allow a single point. So this Wisconsin team uh, is here to stay and definitely a contender for the college football playoff. Uh, If you want to look at history in this matchup, 
Yes, Northwestern has been great at covering on the road. They're 19-7 and against the number in their last 26. And they've covered the last four out of five head-to-head against Wisconsin. Still don't think it's going to be enough. Wisconsin continues their undefeated against the spread record. And I think they win this game something like 35-7. to We've both been on the wrong side of a Northwestern spread Mm -hmm. this year. We had them plus six and a half or seven at Stanford. And the last drive of the game, the fumble, scoop it store, that was one of the worst beats all year. Awful. I was on the wrong side of that. Also, you got Chris Kleiman in Kansas State. 24th mm-hmm. in the AP poll, on the road in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. And uh, if you want to watch this game, you can. 4 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> pay so the 5 bucks, people. Pay it. It's worth it. Pay it. And then bet more than 5 so you get your <laughs> you know money's worth in the subscription. Yep. Oklahoma State minus 4.5, total of 60. Yeah, I love this matchup. This is going to be a really fun game to watch. I don't know if I can take a side on this game simply because both teams have been scorching hot against the number. Oklahoma State 4-0 and against the spread. Kansas State 3-0 and against the spread. Kansas State coming off a bye, and they're 14-7 and against the number uh, since 2010 after a bye. So, you know, looking at the trends, looking at the numbers, the stats, I, I don't think I have a strong lean in this game. It did open up at 7.5. It's now down to 4. So it looks like professional money coming in on Kansas State. They believe in Chris Kleiman. He keeps climbing and uh and i believe in him too i think he's really brought in a spark to this uh to this team they finally actually have an offense to go along with that defense and this is kind of that clash of you know a great kansas state defense who's 12th in points allowed per game only 12.7 a game so far against a great oklahoma state offense 12th in points per game averaging 44 and a half points per game you got chuba hubbard you got tylen wallace so can kansas state shut down those guys and can their offense continue to improve on what we've seen so far all right that does it for our college football previews and uh well at the end of the podcast we'll do a little crossover action uh zach will pick one of the leans that he likes i'll pick one of the leans that i like of his out of college in the nfl we'll come up with four teams between us on our crossover parlay Mm mm-hmm See if we can get something we like. Absolutely. But for now, let's go to the National Football League. Dun, 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 dun. Week four. Week four is here. I love the NFL. Obviously, you you were comparing it to college earlier. Not as much variance. Mm-hmm. Much harder to bet. Yeah. Harder to handicap. Sharp. Sharp, sharp, sharp. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, way bigger ticket counts because, yep. you know, people love these NFL brands. They love these NFL teams. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot on the board last week that we liked and, you know, but at the, at the same time, you know, this week there's some tough lines out there too. But for the people, you go to, you know, f- subscribe to 750 The Game on YouTube because our Bet the Game videos will be up there every weekend, you know, given our three best bets in the NFL. And we'll do that here. Zach, you are six and three for the year through three weeks. I'm six and three for the year. Both combined 12 and six. Not bad. Not bad for the start of an NFL season, I'd say. Nope. And, uh, you know, last week you went 2-1. and one. You had Detroit plus 6 and Philly. They won out, right? Mm-hmm. Giants plus 6 at Tampa Bay. And Danny yeah. Dimes won yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Denver-Green Bay under the first half total of, Ooh. I believe it was 21 and a half. Mm-hmm. And that went over. That's your only miss. Mm-hmm. I laid 6 with Buffalo to, against Cincinnati. That was my miss. But uh, I hit the over 43 on San Francisco-Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph on the road. That went over, and first half under 21 and a half for Rams-Cleveland Sunday Night Football. Great call. That was under as well. So we both went 2-1 last week. 
few different areas you could go with uh, best bets. I'll let you go ahead. Your first best bet of NFL Week 4, where are you going? Yeah, so this weekend, I don't love... I don't love, love, love these numbers. I wish we were recording this earlier in the week because I would have given you Philadelphia on Thursday night football. And By the way, yeah, we, we should have said. Uh, we both had some Thursday night action. Mm-hmm. You Did you play the plus four and a half? Plus four and a half. Didn't need the points, apparently. But yeah, I played the four and a half. Nice. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and just played uh, Packers first quarter half point. There it is. And just because Green Bay's been getting off to hot starts and Philly is a slow starting team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that came through, too. So that's back-to-back Thursday nights that we both come through. Cause yeah. We both had, I think, went Jaguars. Jackson, Jaguars money under. line. And the under came through for you too, yeah. Uh, with the Jags Titans game, I just you could see sometimes Thursday night you can just see yeah the spots a little more clearly. Yeah, some I don't know it. why, mm-hmm. and I'm probably jinxing myself saying that, but yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You, you could see the spots coming up. Well, it's funny because a couple years ago it was crazy uh, when I was doing the podcast with my other buddy. We found out that Thursday night games it was just that particular year, but Thursday night games tended to be. You know, hev- like heavily, it was uh, it was the favorite and the home team, and then Monday Night Football was always the underdog and the under, hmm. and it was like so it was always like favorite home team over Thursday night, and then it was Monday night dog and under, and it was just like clockwork. But this year, totally different. This year, you got to actually you know pay attention a little bit more. I can't just go based on those trends. So one and zero through Thursday for mm-hmm. both of us, just unofficially, but we're we're feeling like we're seeing it. So yep. your first best bet for Sunday would be first best bet. I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers here plus four at Houston. I like what I'll, I'll keep it short. I like what Kyle Allen is doing. I think he brings a different kind of spark to this team that they need. You know, pretty boy Cam Newton out there. He always dresses nice, but it's not about dressing nice. It's about playing well. And Kyle Allen made a comment about that this week actually but I just I like the offense a little bit better with Kyle Allen in there it's kind of similar to what we're seeing with Danny Dimes right you bring in a new quarterback (laughs) gets them a little bit excited it's something that they uh you know something new it's something different sometimes teams just need that Houston one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League and and I just I like going against teams with poor offensive lines because you know you can create a lot of havoc uh, as a defense, so I think the Panthers go in there on the road and they keep this game close, and I think they're a live dog to win the game. Likes Carolina plus the four at Houston. My first best bet, I'll take a page out of your book, and I'm uh, you might have this too, but I'll go first half under of the Vikings-Bears game in Chicago. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yep. The number's low. Mm-hmm. It's 19. I still like it. I like it, though. Yeah. And I don't think no either team will get to double digits in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the play. And even if the Vikings do, if it's 10-7, you know, you you lose this bet if it's 10-10 or worse. Yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking a couple of field goals. I'm thinking 10-6 at the most. I could see Minnesota leading 10-6 at the right. break, 7-6, something like that. You know, so I'm going to go first half under for uh, Bears and Vikings. Well, and the other thing, too, is weather, you know, in Chicago. Yeah. I, you know, it's not getting horrible at this point in the year, but that's something to look out for as well. I think the only thing that could really... Uh, destroy that first half bet is a turnover deep in you know your own territory type of thing, which is what happened to me when I took the uh, Broncos Packers <laughs> first half under. Broncos just dropped it on their own five yard line or whatever, and Packers scored easily. So I like that play, play. the under. Play the under. Hey, hey, we got drops on here. <laughs> Incredible. All right, what's well, number two for you? Number two for me. I'm just gonna ride the hot team, and I think. 
I think it's trendy this week. I think a lot of people are are talking about Buffalo here at home. They're three and zero, and oh, let's just take the touchdown. Let's take the touchdown in in, in a hook there with seven and a half. But you know, I'm just going to go ahead and lay the points with the Patriots. They've been hot. And usually the Patriots are not hot in September, but for some reason this year they got it going early in the season. So I'm going to ride with the Patriots here going against a young quarterback. They're on the road, but I think the Patriots do enough here. Maybe it's right at the end of the game where they pull ahead. So I remember last year, Buffalo Patriots, I think I laid it with the Patriots, and I didn't get the cover until probably like midway through the fourth quarter. If that happens again, fine. A win's a win. Wow. I like it. Uh, I've been on the seven and a half with Buffalo for most of the week, but mm-hmm. as the week's kind of worn on, I'm thinking about that game and the spot, and I'm I'm not going to be able to play it. But I don't blame you at all. You don't you don't uh, you don't make money betting against Bill Belichick. Exactly. Okay, right. that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, in that game, it's not part of my best bets. But I'm thinking, how many points is Buffalo going to score here? Yeah. yeah. Are they going to get more than one touchdown? Right. I'm not sure they do. In Buffalo, you know, there's going to be, you're going to bring in missed extra points. There's going to be a missed field goal. There's going to be a missed kick in there somewhere from one or the other teams. Edelman's been banged up. He'll play. Brady's been, you know, limited. He'll play, obviously. Patriots are banged up on the goal line and the pass catching unit. I like Leslie Frazier, what he's doing with the Buffalo defense. And even though I like Josh Allen, I think Belichick's got him figured out. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. can't plan against Josh yeah. Allen. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. Yeah. How hands on he is with that defense. Right. They've been playing so well. I don't think Buffalo scores over 16 points in this game, and I was curious what their what their team total was. Yeah, I was going to say um, that's it's great point. 16 and a half. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and so it, which is right, too perfect, but it's too <laughs> right. close for me to play. But yeah. I think I think 16. I think 24 16 is what I have in my head. 16 this game. Yeah, 16 and a half is a number where you got to think most people look at that and like, oh well, you know, that's just it's so juicy to take over because you know, oh, two touchdowns and a field goal, but. You know, like you said, there could be a missed extra point in there. Um, likely more field goals than touchdowns for Buffalo. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go under 60.5 with Buffalo there, team total. My second pick, I'm going to go to the Monday night game. Uh, for whatever reason, I've been involved with some Cincinnati action this year, mm-hmm. uh, fading them, playing them. I'll just go another total. I'll go over 44 for the Monday night game, uh, Steelers-Bengals. Um, don't love it. Don't love it, but I I feel like this could actually. You know what? I'm gonna adjust on the fly here. Okay, I'm okay. adjust. I'm not playing. I I'm seeing it in my head. I'm not doing it. Audible. I'm audibling. I'm still gonna go a total, <laughs> but I'm gonna go to the total of Cleveland Baltimore. Okay. It's at 45. Okay, I'm gonna go over. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna go over 45 with that. Yeah. Um, I like what I'm obviously seeing with Baltimore and they're they're balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, dynamic in the passing game. Certainly balanced with the running game with Ingram. We saw that in Kansas City. I think they'll be. You know, a little bit pissed off, as will Cleveland from that Sunday night uh, mm-hmm. loss. I think Cleveland's offense will warm up a little bit in this game, too. In a strange way, getting away from home, I think, might help them a little bit from mm-hmm. the pressures of performing in the home stadium and all that. that. Yeah. So 45, I think, you know, normally NFL totals are right at 47. They're, you know, fading that a little bit by a couple points. I think there's some value there. I'll go over 45, Baltimore-Cleveland. Still Baltimore to win the game, like a 30-24 to 24 type game. Got it. Yeah, I think Cleveland's in a desperate—I mean, I know they're in a desperate situation right now with the schedule they have coming up. We could easily see them being, you know, one in six very quickly, uh, quick here. So I think Cleveland, like you said, maybe getting away from their, their home turf could be good for them. Less pressure. Baker, you know, hopefully has a good game uh, for your over. 
And we know that the Ravens can put up points. So I like that play. All right. Third and final one for you. Third and final one. I'm going to go with another team that was in the Super Bowl last season, the Los Angeles Rams against the Bucks. I faded the Bucks last week uh, with Danny Dimes there. Now the Bucks are going to be on the road at the Rams. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams first half, though, hmm. minus six. Hmm. I think the Rams will be up over a touchdown here at halftime against the Bucks. Uh, the total for the full game is at nine. And again, that, that's just a big number for the NFL. I don't care what team is playing. So I'm just worried about a backdoor cover there. Um, I have no trust in Jameis Winston, especially on the road. I said that last week. I, I think the Rams, you know, I think they're frustrated uh, from their performance against Cleveland on Monday night last week. Their offense wasn't really able to get it going. I think their offense gets clicking in the first half here and jumps out to a touchdown lead or more against the Bucks. All right, so Rams minus six in the first half. Yes. Boom. My last one, I'm going to raise some eyebrows here. No. But I actually feel pretty good about it. Okay. Tennessee plus four at Atlanta. I like it. I like it. It's not yeah. getting a lot of action. It's Tick- not. I know ticket counts, wherever you look, is way down. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I see Tennessee pretty well. Yeah. I knew Thursday was a fade spot for them, uh-huh. but I still think they're a better team than people think yep. because, you know, they're somewhere in the middle of, you know, the big fourth quarter at Cleveland, the 1917 loss to Indianapolis, another <laughs> right. team I like, and the Thursday night spot against Jacksonville. I think this four number is just, you know, it's correlated to that Thursday night. Yep. But they get 10 days to prepare. Still going on the road, indoors. Mark Smariota, say what you will about him, but he's not turning the football over. Tennessee can get after you with some pressure. Atlanta doesn't have much of a running game right now with Freeman not playing well. Atlanta also doesn't have much of a pass rush. What was the big thing for Tennessee? Mariota got sacked nine times. Mm -hmm. Atlanta on paper has got Vic Beasley, guys that can rush the Mm -hmm. passer, but they're 30th in sack rate, sack percentage right Mm -hmm. now on defense. I think the screen game will be there for Tennessee's Mm -hmm. offense. Uh, Keanu Neal out for the season causes some havoc. Mm -hmm. I'm fading Dan Quinn. You know, my Seahawk guy right here. I'm fading him in this spot, and I'm kind of buying into Mariota in a bounce-back position here. And I think Derrick Henry can dictate pace of the game as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee goes in there and wins outright, even though it feels weird. Atlanta starting 1-4. and four. The Matt Ryan-Julio Jones connection is the only thing that's keeping me from playing Tennessee money line, but... I'll take Tennessee plus the four in Atlanta in this game. That's smart, you know, Jude. I think we're I think we're getting a little sharp over here, you know, because that's uh... <laughs> they gotta come through first. <laughs> but I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I'm hoping, Zach. No, but I, I like that play because I imagine I haven't looked at it, but I imagine that yeah, ma- a vast majority of the tickets, uh, you know, are on Atlanta in this game. You mentioned ten days to prepare, so always love that for NFL teams. So I completely agree. The Titans plus four. I think that's a smart play. All right, so uh, I've got. To recap, you've got Carolina plus four in Houston, New England minus seven and a half at home to Buffalo, LA minus six in the first half for Tampa Bay. Yep. I'm going with Minnesota, Chicago, first half under 19, Baltimore, Cleveland, total over 45, Tennessee plus four at Atlanta. Time for some crossover action. We're going to pick a couple college games and a couple NFL games, some low risk, high payout crossover parlay let's here. go let's go i'll go ahead and pick one of the college games that you were mentioning that i like Zach. okay okay and i'm gonna go to that that game in tucson oh right arizona laying the six and a half yeah. at home to ucla yep i'm there with you okay i'm there with you i think that's you know the way you explain it, i think that's the one you know you get two weeks to prepare ucla second straight road game late night 
I think Arizona laying the six and a half. I love it. Is the play there? Now I know I didn't. I didn't give a whole lot of college leans myself, but um, you know you gave a little bit more. But I think you know I'm on Washington laying the big number. Yeah. Um, I'd be on the uh, the over total in the Ohio State Nebraska game as well, and Maryland tonight as well. Cal money line to me. I'm not sure if I can take the the spread, but I could take the Cal. Gotcha. Cal money line. Is okay. there anything in the college game that uh, that else that you'd like? Yeah, so I mean, we could we could we could throw in a Friday night, or we could just keep it to Saturday. What are you thinking? Because I, I mean, I do like Maryland getting the points tonight on Friday night. Let's do it. Um, let's go ahead and throw Maryland in there plus six and a half. Screw it, let's buy to seven to be safe. You know, if you can buy up to seven, do it. Risk a little more juice there. Um, but yeah, Maryland plus seven, and then let's go with that. Well, Bovada has seven right now. So oh, we're perfect, good. perfect. We're Squares good. book in the you know in the industry, so perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll take Maryland plus seven there. Ruckus environment at home. I think they get it done. I think they're a live dog. And then you mentioned Arizona here laying six and a half uh, against a UCLA team on back to back road games. So let's go with those two college games and Judah. Moving it to the NFL, I, I actually really I was really impressed with your NFL picks this weekend. Um, because that makes me feel good, man. Yeah, I'll take that. No, because you know I don't. Li- I don't even know if I like mine as much as I like yours. So um, <laughs> I, I think I really like. I like your Minnesota uh, Chicago first half under. Um, and you tell me, you know, what you think is your strongest play of your three there. Um, but I like that. I like that first half under. And then what was your second play there in the NFL? I went with the over forty five for Baltimore Cleveland. Okay. In Baltimore. Okay, and then and then the last one. I went Tennessee plus four at Atlanta. Tennessee plus four. I, I think that's a sharp, smart play. It's pretty. It's pretty unique, you know, because yeah. I know there's not a whole lot of action on the game, and whatever action is on the game is on Atlanta. Yeah, I might wait until kickoff and see if I can get four and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably. I don't, think, I don't think it's getting any lower than four. I'll put it that way. I agree with you. I think that probably gets to four and a half. Um. So, yeah, let's go. Let's go with that first half under. Are you in agreement with that? I'm in agreement with that. Okay, let's do that. Those two college games, and then one more game uh, to round it out to four here. I would. Ah, oh man, I, I, I could go Carolina plus four. The only thing is that it's second straight road game for Kyle Allen. Yeah, yeah. You know, see, I see in comparing the Panthers plus four to the Titans plus four. I think I om- I like your Titans pick a little more because of that, because of Carolina on back-to-back road games and the Titans having 10 days to prepare. But it's close. It's very close. You want to go New England? Let's do New England. <laughs> just to totally yeah. ignore those two. Let's just go yeah. New England and lay the points. So I, it, Look, if it comes up to like something I'm not sure about mm-hmm. and New England's in one and New England's not in the other, I'm yeah. taking the one I'm not sure about, right. but New England's in it. Well, yeah, back to, you know, you never make money going against Bill Belichick, so... Yeah, let's go ahead and lay the seven and a half at Buffalo. Buffalo's not going to start four and zero. Come on now. I mean, maybe they they stay within a touchdown, but I doubt. It. I think the Patriots roll. So our four team crossover parlay: we're taking the Arizona Wildcats laying six and a half at home to UCLA. Yep. Maryland catching seven Friday night. That's tonight. Mm-hmm. At home to Penn State. The first half under Minnesota Chicago of under nineteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, New England lane seven and a half at Buffalo. Let's go. Hey, a win's a win. If you go ahead and play that, uh, we just, you know, type that into uh, our personal accounts there. It's about plus 1,100. Not a bad value. payout. Plus 1,100. Yeah. 
for New England, seven and a half. First half under 19. Vikings, Bears, Maryland, plus seven tonight at home. Arizona Lane, six and a half to UCLA. <laughs> I love betting. I love, love it. it. I love this so much. Hey, you want to win a quick rack? Throw a hundred on it. Throw a hundo. Guaranteed. No, you know? Just, just cut it loose. <laughs> cut it loose. Any uh, words from the wise on your way out? Any final takes here? You know, I guess I'll give you guys, I'll give my people a little under-the-radar play uh, just to kind of send it off. I like Baylor this weekend against Iowa State. It's a game we didn't talk about, but here's an interesting stat for you, Judah. Matt Rule, head coach of Baylor, is 11-3 and straight up as an underdog of less than seven points, and he's 3-0 and straight up with Baylor in that same position. They're three-point dogs against Iowa State. I think Baylor's offense gets it done, and I think uh, Brock Purdy here, even though he's Purdy and he's been playing well, I think he struggles in this one. I think Baylor gets the win. You're fading your boy, Matt Campbell? I'm fading Matt Campbell. I know it's kind of crazy, but in this situation, yeah, I got to take Baylor. All right, there he is. That's Zach Schlegel. Follow him at Zach Schlegel. He also has got another podcast, The Dollar Parlay, that uh, we'll be plugging along the way. I'm Judah Newby. That's episode one of Bet the Game. Powered by 750 The Game. Find it on 750thegame.com as well. And catch us on our YouTube videos that we'll knock out coming up for our college football and NFL picks. Uh, YouTube, 750 The Game. Should be a lot of fun, man. It'll be a lot of fun, Judah. Let's, let's do this thing again next week. All right. Bet the game, y'all. For more Bet the Game content, follow 750 The Game on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 750 The Game.